Yeah. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm from, I'm from the yeah. Bronx. Yeah. Hello. Right. Yeah. The first, the first guest on here who who got it on off the rip. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Year Sports Show. It is your boy, Big Baby, a.k.a. the Soul R&B. And we have, to my far right, the queen, Queen Tay. You. Good afternoon, everyone. I like the, the mug. I thought you were giving some free publicity to somebody oh, no, with the mug. The Hamilton mug. It's my daughter's mug. <laughs> Skyla sisters right there. Yeah, it's <laughs> Also, buy our merch. We sell mugs, too. So, uh, <laughs> uh, we have a special guest today. Um, please introduce yourself. Please uh, well, yourself. Honored to be on the show. Uh, my name is Pete Rosado. Uh, people in New York, my, New York, New Jersey might know me as the uh, lead play-by-play commentator uh, for Bree Combination Wrestling. Um, you know, I've been a part well, with them for five years. I've been around the wrestling scene for this will be my eighth year in the pro wrestling scene. Um, you know, so just honored to join the show. I, you know, I, I knew Dre, Dre when you started this. Mm-hmm. I remember shooting you a message like one day. Yeah. One day we got to get on together. And it took like a yeah. thousand episodes and four Emmy nominations to y'all. But here <laughs> I am finally. Right. Here I am. We all, Yeah. We almost got the Emmy nomination for sure. We're almost, right. almost there. Almost there. Imagine. Man. <laughs> Man, we'll, we'll make it. We'll definitely make it happen. We when we make it on TV. We the last gotta... thing y'all want, the last thing y'all want, is Wilkins and Janelle walking down the red carpet for the Emmys because they will be the top story on every news outlet. Right. Oh my lord, that that that's gonna be funny. You see Wilkins like, but <laughs> black too. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. That'd be so funny. So, like, I'm the host. I'm just trying to get through here. Right. I'm no. I'm just. Nah. I'm not. No. I'm not. I'm. What's up, ladies? Hey. <laughs> Let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. Terrible. But again, welcome back to another episode of the Year Sports Show. This is episode 31. I would say the player that this episode is represented by, but Tavia doesn't like that player, so I'm not. Who, Miller? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Well, you know what's funny though? You know what's funny though? Reggie got something in common with somebody we gonna talk about later on in the show. Oh, Red- okay. Reggie was the king of making teams choke, and well, we know what happened. Oh, the, the, uh, another former Indiana Pacers got you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Hold oh, on. My yeah. God. <laughs> Right, we'll definitely we'll definitely um speak about that when we get to the NBA. We got some NFL news. We'll definitely talk some wrestling with Peter. But let's Peter again tell people about yourself. Um, when did, so? How did you start in um in in just broadcasting? Because you lead commentator and um you also do talent for them, if I'm not mistaken. Well, yeah, I used to do talent. Now I'm just strictly doing commentary, uh, kind of shifted off a little bit. Just I needed a little bit more time. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a stressful job doing talent relations. I mean, I think a lot of people don't really understand what goes into that. So like that right. job that Jim Ross and John Laurinaitis and even to a degree Mark Carano and them have right. in WWE and stuff like that. Um, obviously, on the independent wrestling level, it's, it's not to the same magnitude, but mm-hmm. it can be very stressful making sure that we have talent for the show, making mm-hmm. sure you're putting together the right matches, making sure you're 
your roster is where you need to be. Um, you know, injuries happen. So, you know, mm-hmm. we've had Matt, we've had, uh, I remember last, I think it was two years ago, uh, right before Shelton Benjamin returned to the WWE, mm-hmm. uh, we mm-hmm. had a main event match set up uh, with Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis was supposed to come and, and be part of, of the show. Uh, it was called mm-hmm. World War 360. Um, okay. And uh, Nick Aldis Magnus at the time was the, the main event attraction. And I believe, I don't know if he had an injury or there was a contract situation mm-hmm. where he had to pull out last minute. And it was something completely professional. But, you mm-hmm. know, he had to pull out, I think it was about a week or two weeks before the show. Right. And I call it an Easter miracle between myself and the owner of Brie Combination Wrestling, Mr. Anthony Cole. Uh, mm-hmm. We were able to figure something out and it fell into Mr. Anthony Cole's lap where we ended up getting Shelton Benjamin. Right. Oh, wow. wow. Um, now, granted, I would have loved to have had a month to promote Shelton mm-hmm. Benjamin. Right. Uh, we only had, like, I think, two weeks to promote Shelton Benjamin. But um, it <laughs> can be a very stressful job uh, when it comes to broadcasting, though. That was like my dream. Um so grew up a big sports fan, grew up a huge wrestling fan. Um, mm-hmm. My biggest inspiration in pro wrestling was Bobby the Brain Heenan. Um, oh. Bobby, Bobby was my guy. Um, and then obviously, so Bobby and Gorilla, straight off the rip, my favorite commentary team of all time, right? Right. Um, then obviously watching WCW, I was a WCW head growing up. So mm-hmm. watching Mike Tanay and Tony Schiavone and all of them uh, in WCW really kept it going. When I went to college, originally I thought I was going to be a lawyer, but I was a huge right. uh, sports radio guy. Like I still to this day listen – well, not anymore because I'm not a big fan of the new show. But up until about a couple of months ago, I would listen to Mike and Mike in the morning or what was uh, Trey, Trey Wingo and Mike Golick in the morning, every morning. Um, because I used to drive – I work as a school teacher. So when I drive to work, 7 mm-hmm. in the morning, I'm listening to Mike and Mike in the morning on ESPN Radio. Right. So when I was in school, I would do like radio stuff. I had a three-hour radio show uh, three days a week on a John Jay radio uh, station back when I was at John Jay. Okay. We patterned it a little bit after like Mike and Mike and PTI, which were like my two sport favorite sports shows. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge Michael Wilbon fan. I honestly think if I met that man, I would cry. <laughs> Michael um, Wilbon is, is dope. He's yeah, definitely that, dope. We, when we talk about like black presence on television in terms of like being at high levels of like news reporting and sports reporting will bonds like the man and unfortunately we don't we we don't speak enough about michael wilbon you always hear Stephen a yep. don't hear enough about um michael wilbon for sure and, if there, and i'll be honest if there was no michael wilbon on pti doing what he did every single day from 5 30 to 6 o'clock with tony kornheiser there mm-hmm. would be no Stephen a smith exactly Agree. I agree. Um, so I did that, and then I transferred to Syracuse, went to Syracuse University, and did mm-hmm. a couple of radio stuff up there. It was a little bit different. It's a lot more competitive up there because of the right. new house school of uh, journalism up there. Um, mm-hmm. And then just kind of fell off. I mean, I uh, studied to be a teacher. I'm a middle school teacher by day. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my shoot, uh, shoot profession. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I took the match striker route into wrestling, right? Teaching and then wrestling. Um, and then, you know, like I said, it, radio really died down for me. Um, really mm-hmm. just watching it, um, watching sports and, you know, feeling, getting that feeling uh, and then doing radio, wrestling commentary was my thing. Um, so and, and you know, people have told me, like, you should have a sports podcast. You should have this. And I'm like, you know, I got too many friends that do this stuff that I don't want to be one of those people that compete against them. I don't want to have to be like having that conversation in my head. I'm like, how do I beat this podcast and get more viewers than them or more listeners than them? Like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't like that rat race. 
Um, and so part of me is content sitting back maybe one day when I'm old and gray. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, I, it's for now, I'm happy just being here right now on a year of sports show. That's to me, that's, these are those moments that I live for now. Definitely, definitely, definitely appreciate that. Definitely appreciate Thank you so much, Peter. Yes. So, um, what else? What else? What did I want to ask you? Did you have any aspirations about getting in the ring at any point in time? Yes, I think everybody who was uh, into mm -hmm. wrestling had that aspiration at one point. Um, mm -hmm. So, true story, I came back from Syracuse. I took about a year off, uh, and then I decided to go to grad school, right? So, I went to grad school okay. to get my master's degree. And at the same time, it's when I was like, you know what? If, if I want to get into wrestling, this is my chance. And I actually went to an open house uh, for what at the time was PWS. It became WrestlePro, which is now okay. WrestlePro out in, out in New Jersey. Uh, but they were formerly aligned with a company called Pro Wrestling Syndicate, and that's how they promoted their shows. Um, and so I went to an open house there uh, led by Pat Buck, Dan Moff, Kevin Matthews, um, and a lot of their students at the time, which we've seen now, the Heavenly Bodies. Um, yes. You know, the Heavenly Bodies were there. Um, Sean Donovan, Bobby mm -hmm. Wayward, like all of these, Anthony Bowens, like they were still training there, but they were like still on the come up. And I had met a lot of them because I had gone to a lot of their shows. Like I would always go to Rahway to go mm -hmm. to PWS shows. Um, right. And I would like buy a front row ticket to take photos. Like that's how I was trying to break into the business was through photography. Oh, you're trying to go the Paul Heyman route. I literally did the Paul <laughs> Heyman route. Like I started with – I started by going to indie shows and helping out and then doing mm -hmm. photography from behind the railing. Uh, mm -hmm. And then eventually a, a company gave me a chance to do photography – in uh, ringside, which I did for a couple of shows, and then a friend of mm -hmm. mine helped me get into uh, commentary. Um, right, you know, so we did a, a whole bunch of things. So I went to Wrestle Pro for this open mm -hmm. house, and I had to turn away from it, not because I didn't want to do it, but because mm -hmm. I legitimately, realistically looked at my schedule and I was just like, okay, wrestling training is on these days. Right, I have classes on these same days. I can probably come to training once a week if I'm being honest. Right, do I want to be that guy? Do I want to be that guy that comes to wrestling training once a week, gets a half-assed training, gets out there to be good enough to get bookings, and then takes bookings away from other people or makes my school look bad or doesn't right. look great in the ring? And I decided that I didn't want to be that wrestler. We have enough of those in wrestling. Yes, I agree. Um, and I have too much respect for anything that I love like that. Same thing with when I was in high school and I was on a baseball team. I made the team. My freshman year, my sophomore year, my junior year. Mm -hmm. I cut myself my freshman year, my sophomore year, my junior year. And my coach was like, when I came back my senior year for tryouts, he's like, if you're not going to take the team mm -hmm. after I put you on the roster, why are you coming to tryouts? Right. And I'm like, I just want to be sure that I can still do it. But my freshman, sophomore, and junior year, I couldn't play. Right. It was to me, it was like I had a job after school. Um, yeah. you know, like I said, I grew up in the Bronx, had to help my mom with bills and everything. Um, so a lot of it was, you know, yeah, you're good enough. Just come to practice once a week, come to the games. I'm like, that's not fair. That's not fair to everybody who has to be at practice every day, who has to, mm -hmm. has to work for this. Like, give it to somebody who deserves it. So I turned it down. And the same thing I did with wrestling. I, I kind of turned down myself the idea of getting in the ring. Um, I did roll around. I did bump. I've done, I've done some training. So, like, mm -hmm. if I needed to get into the ring, I can. I'm not going right. to have no five-star match, you know, but, mm -hmm. you know. It was something that I wanted to do, but I knew I couldn't do. Not not just because of time. 
Yeah. You know, I felt when you said about, uh, you know, giving the spot to somebody who earned it. I've been playing basketball for, for, for a long time. I've played on a team consistently. Um, maybe let's say about for about seven years outside of high, not including high school. And, um, I, I had to earn my spot, of course, but there were times where I would be at practice and I'd see somebody working a little bit harder, just not getting the same amount of, you know, clock. And I remember being that person working hard and not getting the same clock and somebody paying it forward to me. be like, Hey, big baby is working his ass off. I'm pretty much half-assing it. You need to put him on the floor. Same thing with what I did. I'm like, hey, I'm kind of here just to be here. But the guy over here next to me is pretty much, he's pushing, he's trying, he's really working to, to be here. I've been here for a while already. I'm on my way out. L- take a look at him, coach. Right. Bro's the captain of the team. Like, <laughs> the, the men's part, men's team now, like, so no, I get that part. And that that's very like uh I commend you for that because not a lot of people would be like, Oh, I have a spot, it's my spot. Yeah, that's how people look at, at things now. That's how I was in high school. <laughs> you have your spot, it's my spot. Because I earned my spot. Right. right. You earned the spot. Okay. Yeah, no. And don't get me wrong. If I if I could have done it, if I could have been at practice mm-hmm. every day, if I could have you know put in the same amount of work and time that my teammates were required to do, I'd have been the same way. Yo, that's my spot. You gonna have to take it from me if yeah. you right. want. But there was that part of me that knew, like you know, yeah, I could show up on game day and I could deliver. I could mm-hmm. show up and do what I need to do. I'm, I was talented enough to do that. Right. Um, but I just it didn't feel right. And I think those are just lessons that were instilled in me, like from my from my father, from my family. Like, mm-hmm. don't take nothing that you can't that you can't give a hundred percent to. You know, like if you're not gonna give a hundred percent to it, don't do it. Right. And my parents was like, they were tired of me in high school because I was mm-hmm. Miss Council, I was Miss Cheerleading, I was Miss Basketball, I was mm-hmm. Miss, you know, Honor Society. So it was like I would only I was out to school seven days a week just trying to give 100% to mm-hmm. everything that I was a part of. So I definitely get that that drive to be like, hey, you know what? This is not really my passion. So, you know, I don't mm-hmm. want to take a spot from somebody who is there. It, it is their passion. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I definitely right. agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And I do the but- same thing in wrestling. Like, when I, see, when I see young kids coming in, you know, when I, you know, if I can, if I can give somebody something that, you know, so, um, I'm sure Dre, you know him, uh, Shane fair, the ring announcer. Yes. My guy. Um, I love Shane. And I, and I love, I love Shane. Right. So Shane will tell you if you ask him, right. Um, I was, I was at one point the, uh, still trying to find my way, uh, into the business that I was doing ring announcing at, uh, BWF and, okay. you know, Shane came in and wanting to do ring announcing. And I remember saying, Hey, let's give, let's give him a chance. Let's do this. And even brought him to like Mr. Anthony Cole. And was like, Hey, let's, yeah. let's give this guy an opportunity. He's really, really good. You know? And so, you know, to me, because especially in wrestling, it's very tough, especially up here in the Northeast. Like there's a lot of closed doors, right? Yes. It's a lot of, it's a lot of like, you know, if you want to get in, you got to know the right people. They got to, you know, they got to be okay with you going into, you know, getting in, into spaces. Um, it's mm-hmm. not like you can be the best at what you do and you're going to get a lot of like opportunities. It's just not like that up here uh, for people trying to get into the wrestling business and not be a wrestler. Right. 
Um, so mm-hmm. for me, I was given an opportunity by somebody eight years ago to get a, a chance. And at that point, it was like, I'm going to open the door for you. You got to mm-hmm. walk through it and earn your spots beyond that door. But I'm right. going to open this door for you. And to me, it was the same thing with Shane Fair, the idea of paying it forward, right? Like, yo, Shane, you want to do this? If you're Mm -hmm. serious about this, if you want to make it, I will open a door for you. After that, it's up to Mm -hmm. you. But I will help you find your way in. Because to me, that's my way of paying it forward. It's the same thing when it was in baseball or wrestling or or even in sports. It was just like, if this is something that you want to do and I can help you do it, Mm -hmm. All right, I'll put, I'll open that door for you, but it's up to you to do everything else. Well, of course, hundred percent, hundred ten percent. People need is just the opportunity to be able to show. Either you're going to show and prove, or you're going to sit down. You're going to be exposed either way. Yep, I, I, I agree with that hundred percent because it's like that everywhere in terms of, like, like work life too. Like, if somebody if somebody puts you on and says, "Hey, apply to this." do this and do it regardless of where they put you you have to do the work you have to go in the interview you have to pass the interview and when you get the job you still have to excel because regardless if you what you did one again it's a reflection of the other person but it's even more of a reflection of the type of person you are so that's how i see it so um i believe bk matt has joined us let me see yes he's Here we go. And welcome back. Welcome back to the show. BK Matt. It's good, man. It's good. It's good. You look like you ain't sleeping days. No, that's all I've been doing is sleeping. All I've been freaking doing is sleeping. You should have stayed longer. I'm worried. They got me. I've never been so I need we need those type of drugs in 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 in, in like outside the hospital. I, I slept great. <laughs> Not gonna hold you. I slept great. I slept awesome. I ain't gonna hold you. I remember a lot. <laughs> possibly took advantage of me in that house, but I wouldn't even know. Not All right. Well, well, this is not that type of show today to be talking about your wife <laughs> taking advantage of you. That's, so <laughs> that, that just means I might get another niece and nephew. I ain't mad at it. There, there's a whole Facebook group, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, that deals with things just like this. Right. <laughs> so, so anybody wants to talk about the stuff that Matt talks about, join the Cats and Dogs group page for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right, listen, that page, that, ladies and gentlemen, please understand that page is 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 on the borderline of not safe for work. <laughs> right? There are times oh. you do not want. If you are not in a private space, there are sometimes you do not want to open that page. You'd be like, rated and highly favored. You like, oh, the recklessness that be coming out on that page sometimes. I hardly even know. I hardly even know my cousin, and she's in there. I'm like, what? Like, what? Why? What are you? Why are you saying these things? Yeah, like <laughs> I had to hit up. Like, really? This is what we do. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you now nah, we gotta we we have a conversation needs to be had right now. Right. right. I ain't even mad at her, but I can't. I can't. I didn't know she was like that. I mean, I got more kids than she do. So I'm mm. like, man. <laughs> well, what well what's good, Pete? What's good? What's going on? Um, not much. How are you, man? I know I know you and I spoke not too long ago. I forget what episode it was. We went back and forth in the chat, me and you, a couple <laughs> times on some things. Look, you understand. I'm not going to highly debate Tavia because she, she'll kill me. But everybody else <laughs> can get the smoke. 
Everybody else get the smoke. I'm with it. Nah, you know nah, what? Nah, I do. Nah, I do. Nope, nope. Tavia get the smoke too. Nope. No, she's going to show she get the smoke. If I can survive, she's going to get the smoke. But, but hold up. Before <laughs> you know we go I first, can get the smoke from y'all because 99% of the time I'm right. The only time I was ever wrong was about Luca. That was it. Everybody else, everybody else, I've been right about. So we're about to debate now because this is wrong. You can't even wrong. We're not going to. Being that being that we on that topic of me and you and, and, and the fact that I let you get away with a lot of shit. Right? What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Kelsey, congratulations. Congratulations, Queen. Yes. Congratulations. So, so Kel- for, for those who don't know, Kelsey Nicole Nelson, she was on our 21st episode that's um called Mambo Sauce. She's from the DMV and she just got hired by the Washington football team. So and she'll be we I need, she'll, we need your help to give it that name. That's all I really need for you to do. <laughs> I, I bought some Mambo Sauce right before I went to the hospital, but we need you to change that name, Queen. Yeah, we she, need you to she, change that she's name. Congratulations. Congratulations. Congratulations She's definitely doing big things. Um, so she was such she was such a joy to have on the show. We're definitely gonna have her on again so she can tell us about everything she's been up to, including this. But um let's move forward real quick. The NFL she always moves forward so awkwardly. You're like, uh Yeah, uh, no, 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 you see my problem is when I'm pulling up notes and stuff. Right, right. I'll be messing up and then I'll be loading up while the notice is loading right. up. We got we gotta get you that we gotta get you that Michelle Tafoya train and be like and next on NFL countdown, we're gonna be right. Right. No, that's true. No, that's true. That's true. That's true. I'm gonna work on that. They got them, but they got them good cuts. They do, Yo, Dre, they do. Dre, one day I'm gonna be the moderator. I'm gonna be the moderator, right? So negative. You, oh, what, no, what, no, what? no, you're not. No, you're not. What's the problem with me being the moderator? Because y'all y'all barely know how to control time talking. With you, right? <laughs> like, we need to be able to regulate, like, mm-hmm. the shit that you be saying sometimes. Like, when you're moderating, you can't be really an active part of the debate. And, like, sometimes you got to be debated. I just, I'm just, I, I, I could, I could not get involved in certain times. It's just when, no, 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 no. And I can tell Tom. What, what, what are you trying to say? I can tell Tom. Y'all, you, you look at him. See, so the NFL, right? <laughs> week, <laughs> week two. Meanwhile, back in the NFL, right? Back yeah. in the NFL. Um, week one was week one was pretty fun. Um. I know the game of the week that we thought was really going to be the game of the week <laughs> was a little different than than we thought. But I think um, with those Buccaneers, they're going to figure it out. Somebody said um, the Bucks may be nine and seven this year. That's reasonable. Yeah, it's I don't reasonable. know about that. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. I when we spoke about this early in the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. I did say that. When they run ran up against New Orleans, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a problem for them. Right. You know what I'm saying? New Orleans is a scary team. They're always in talks for contention every single year. You get right. they're not anything to blink or sneeze at. So it's not like, you know, they, they went 
they they lost to the the Jets or they lost to the damn Miami Dolphins, then you're like, mm-hmm. what, what the hell is this? You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, Drew Brees and Kamara, like that dream, they're a dream team too. So but, let's get that twisted. Yeah, now, if Kamara, because I think Kamara signed the contract at the very last minute. With Five the, years. Yeah, and I think he signed the contract like the day before the season started. Mm-hmm. So if, without Kamara, then it'd be more of a, a balanced match. But Gronk wasn't really involved that much. He didn't really have too many touches. He maybe had three or four touches. I know because he's on my fantasy football team, and I was really angry. You, Michael Thomas is on my fantasy football team. He only had two touches, and he got hurt. Right. So, so, I, feel, I think I think Brady still looked good. I mean, he got intercepted. The great ones do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we have to continue to remember that this man is playing in his like 21st season or 20th season. See, here's my thing. Though, that. Right. We also got to understand Tom Brady, and oh, I'm say I'm gonna say this straight off the rip. Facts. Mm-hmm. I hate Tom Brady. Me too. I do too. I'm a Jets fan. That, that boy man. just killed us. My man, Gang Green. That's what I'm talking about, Pete. <laughs> That's what we do. Gang Green. That's what I'm saying. I grew up in a Jets yes. show, but I'm a Giants fan. But I get um, it. I'm a Jets fan. Listen, I grew up loving Vinny Testaverde and Wayne Krebet yes. and Chad Pennington, right? And so you, 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 you watched during, during the Boomer days? Right. You know, I, well, I was... <laughs> I was born in the late 80s, so like I was watching the early 90s Jets, mid-90s Jets. You know, I, I remember when we had Lavernius Coles on that team as a number one wide receiver, right? So we had some really great Jets teams, and Tom Brady was always the problem for us. So I, I hate New England. I hate Tom Brady. I'm also a New York-bred uh, sports fan, so I hate anything yeah. New England, right? Um, here's my thing, though. We have to understand the NFL did not have a preseason. Tom Brady did not get a chance to gel with these players the way he would want to. Tom Brady did not get a chance to really get his system in there. A lot of this is on the fly. These are new players, with the exception of Rob Gronkowski. There's really nobody that Tom Brady has any kind of comfort level with. Now, if I'm looking at this schedule and I'm looking at the way teams played in week one, I can see them going maybe 10 and 6 possibly 11 and five, right? Here's why. Not because I like them or anything or not because I think the Buccaneers are some great team, right? But I think they I think they beat Carolina in week two, right? I think they're going to beat Carolina. Mm-hmm. I love Carolina. They're like my secondary home team, right? But I'm not sold on Teddy Bridgewater being a number one quarterback, right? Yeah. So I think they beat Carolina in week two. Possibly they can beat Denver in week three. I think that Drew Locke experiment is still something that needs to be put in motion. I don't know if it's something that is going to be, you know, fast for them. I think they could probably, I think they could go on a four game winning streak because I think they could beat the Chargers in week three. And I think they could beat the Bears in week four. Yes, they could. Mm -hmm. Right. So now, so now we got a four and one team going into, going into a home game against Green Bay. Right now, how healthy is Aaron Rodgers going to be? Is he going to be the bad man that we all know Aaron Rodgers to be? I think that mm-hmm. game's a toss up. I'm gonna give that to Green Bay. I think they beat the Raiders, so now they're five and two. I think they beat the Giants. They're six and two. Now they go into a secondary game against New Orleans. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they lose again because I know how Brady is. Right? This really all depends on how good New Orleans is. Let's say New Orleans takes that. Right? They're six mm-hmm. and three. More or less, Drew Brees is still healthy. That's another thing. Right. I think they beat Carolina again. I think they can beat the the Los Angeles Rams. Then they lose to Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I think the last four games of the year, 
I think the only game that they could probably lose in the last four games is maybe, maybe the game against Minnesota, and that's only based that's on the defense of Minnesota. Only based on the defense of Minnesota. That's true. Mm. But the thing is with Minnesota, they like to – they're a late-season team. They are. It seems like they don't get it together until week 12. Week well, you know why. You know why. That's because that's because their uh, their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, doesn't get it started until week 18. No, just say what it is. He's a bum. <laughs> yeah. I need, I need to be honest. Just say he's a bum. Kirk Come on, let's not, let's not be politically correct here. He's, he's a bum. on the same Stop. level to me. That's Carson Wentz. Yeah, so I, I see. Listen, I can. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter, we're we're laughing. So the reason why we're laughing is that there was a whole. It was a debate last week, and it was a de- debate amongst each other between Wilkins and Davia about Carson Wentz. <laughs> and we basically, Davia basically like he's just an average ass quarterback, basically. He's above average. Right. It, 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 it took for me to get involved, and I told him, like, look, because Wilkins were, all right, the last game that they had, right, <laughs> where Carson Wilkins got obliterated. He got sat like eight times, seven or eight times. He's blaming it on the old line. I'm blaming it on his decision-making, which is the norm for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is the type of quarterback, he'll make an unbelievable play out of nothing, right? But then – He'll turn it over on a basic play. Turn it over. Turn it over. The next play. On a basic play, he'll turn it over. On a basic play, like a slant, he'll turn it over. You know why Philly Philly doing this, right? It's because they disrespected Donovan McNabb. Ever since Philly disrespected Donovan McNabb, they have not had a good quarterback play in Philly since then. Listen, they won a Super Bowl. I give them that. But they have not had a good and consistent quarterback since they disrespected Donovan McNabb. And Nick Foles. Creed. And Nick Foles. And they disrespected Nick Foles, too. They respect Nick Way disrespect Nick Foles. Nick Foles should have got the contract that Wentz Good. got. Facts. With the Eagles. Mm-hmm. facts. And, 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 and uh, again, it's, it's a situation where we're saying Carson Wentz is not a bum. He's no, a really good quarterback. Right. But I feel he's like really he's a quarterback. More, He's an over. He's in overrated months. Like I don't feel like he deserved the money that he's getting paid. Yeah, I, that's just my opinion. You would have thought he won the that Super Bowl and he was on the bench. Facts. No, right. he was, he the was bench. being he, he was a he was a paid cheerleader. Well, he was a super paid cheerleader. The problem is, and this is the one my thing man, that's Nick, always the problem with the NFL and quarterbacks. There are only mm-hmm. thirty two starting spots, right? So you're competing for one yeah. of thirty two. Contracts, right? You're not getting. Right. There's no backup quarterback that's going to be paid starting quarterback money, right? Yeah. And so yeah. the idea of it is, you know, that's why Bridgewater wasn't going to get paid the contract that he wanted as a backup in New Orleans, right? That just wasn't right. going to happen. Um, so Nick Foles should have gotten the the contract, I think. But the problem was the NFL and especially NFL teams put way too much stock in draft position. Right, Max. we drafted Carson Wentz where we drafted him, so he has to be good. Right, he's gonna have to pull it together at some point. And listen, I'm a Jets fan, and I'm gonna say this just as much as I as, as much as I love my team. I don't think Sam Darnold's talent is worthy of his draft position. Mm. Not at all. So he's going to get paid based on his draft position because here's what people are going to say. 
He had, and he does, he does. I think he has the worst coach in the league, the worst coach in the league in Adam Gase, right? I take anybody over Adam Gase. Um, <laughs> people are going to say Sam Darnold had terrible coaching. He had no weapons. He had no O-line. He had no running game. Oh, there's no way that high of a draft pick could be that bad. And if Sam Darnold leaves the Jets, he's going to get starting quarterback money somewhere else because someone's going to look at him as a reclamation project. This is why Carson Mm -hmm. Palmer got the money that he got when he was an older quarterback. This is why Jamarcus Russell stayed in the league as long as he did. This is why Cam Newton got the money he got from. Well, Cam should have got a better contract, but Cam got signed. Why? Because look at his draft position. Look at what he does. You know, yeah, but Cam had a killer. Let me. I I used to call him like the killer Cam, right? Because that his freshman sophomore, his rookie sophomore year, they were looking very patriot like. The year that my team destroyed their parade, right? Look at who he had on that team. He had a great team around him. He had a great team around him, but we can't. He was one of the first real this generation's real mobile quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So I even though like Cam Newton deserved that money, he deserves more than what New England is paying him this year. You get oh, what I'm you saying? New England wasn't gonna give him that kind of money though. Yeah, but to be honest with you, like it's sad that in a league that he had to take that type of contract when someone like a Sam Darnold, like you were saying, like other people are not as talented as him. I wouldn't even put Carson Wentz in the same category as I would put Cam Newton. No, Cam Cam Newton on any day of the week can be a top 10, top five quarterback. Let's be real. On any day of the week, his injuries is pretty much what stopped him. I'm not going to say the off the field stuff. Same thing about Carson Wentz, though. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't like the in, the, the injury argument to me. It's like a, a asterisk. You know what I'm saying? Like, I gotta be I, honest though. You look at what that and look at what he was surrounded with in in mm-hmm. Carolina in 2011. You're talking about having a young Greg Olson. You're talking oh, about yeah. having you're talking about having a a veteran Jeremy Shockey on that team. They still had Steve Smith on that team. D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. They had a defense with a young Greg Hardy on it. You know. So, you know, you, you're talking about a, a 2011 Panthers team that really built a great team around. Cam got put into a beautiful situation. I mm-hmm. honestly don't know if we're talking about Cam Newton the same way in 2020, if Cam Newton had been drafted to maybe like the Arizona Cardinals or the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Raiders, right? I don't know if we're talking about him in that same way because I don't know if Cam Newton had the moxie to lead a team from the depths up to Super Bowl contention. I think he got placed in a very great situation. I'm not going to sit here and say the kid, the kid can't play because the kid can play. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I think he also got placed in a golden goose kind of situation where he didn't have to do too much to be dominant in that team because they had a lot of weapons around. This is true. It's 100% give him, true. Give him Sam yeah, Darnold. But he also had like – the year that he won the MVP award, he had like about a sixty percent um, passing um, completion rate, which was pretty high for the league at that time. Yes. And then he, what him setting the rushing records for rookies? You get what I'm saying? The passing the rushing rate for rookies. He is not. I feel like injuries kind of stopped him, and he did choke that Super Bowl fifty. I would say that, but he won against like Peyton Manning, whatever. But 
I feel like Cam Newton, we have to put a lid, just a tad bit more respect on him. I, y'all think about Cam Newton, I'm thinking more or less the disrespect Aaron Rodgers is getting. Like the fact that they didn't help, they didn't give him no no offensive weapons or nothing to like help Green Bay become the powerhouse that they're capable of being. They just drafted his replacement. Yeah, oh, and then you saw what he did in week one. Yeah. That's that week saying. one performance by Aaron Rodgers was a straight jab at his coach saying, you think I'm done, think again. It's like they, they it's like they sending him out the pass like they did the Brett Favre. Thirty-two of forty-four, three hundred and sixty-four yards, four touchdowns. And his weapons are not the, the best. Is the his weapons are not the best. Let's let's not let's not fake in in front like he has the best weapons. And that's something. Green Bay, uh, let me tell you something. Green Bay, ever since Aaron Rodgers has been there. Green Bay has never had a running game to back him up. No, they, they never did. Aaron Rodgers has always had to do it on the strength of his arm and quarterback ability alone. And what that man has done to not have been had any real major injuries, really not been off the field, and do what he's done is a testament to his ability as a quarterback. Right. Right. Aaron Rodgers is the equivalent of, you ever seen the movie The Outsiders? You going into mm-hmm. a hole, you going mm-hmm. into a, a fight with a knife when these guys is ready to like they ready to with, with guns and stuff. That's how they that that's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers makes something happen out of with just a knife in a gunfight. It's uh, like it's, it's it's remarkable how he's still this 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 crazy, really, really good quarterback in the situation that he's in and he's not getting the respect that he deserves. Let's kind of march it back a little bit, wow. right? Aaron Rodgers did not deserve to be tied for number one with Tom Brady for NFL all 2010 quarterback. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We spoke about that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I didn't go that I far. Can't put it in there. Mm-hmm. I didn't go that I far. I would have put Drew Brees over Rodgers for the, two, for the 2010s, personally, based off mm-hmm. of. Okay. Consistent career, I would say consistent season performance. Right? They both only got one ring. I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna take Breeze over Rogers because of the ring. No, they both got one. I would say the probably the reason why I give it to Rogers, um, it has to be you know he's done more with less mm-hmm. in his time. That's, in a, that's my argument. You can, you can listen. I'm not gonna sit here and ever argue how good Drew Brees is. I think that man is a is a really good uh, quarterback. Um, but he has all, anybody you can argue with Tom Brady be Drew Brees. Right, he has defense. always had not, not on around him. Which, which honestly, as much as I hate Tom Brady, is the one reason why I put Tom Brady above Peyton Manning. Right, because you could always say that in Indianapolis they always gave him weapons. They always gave him weapons in Indianapolis, and they never gave Brady legitimate weapons until he got Randy Moss that one year in New England. And Brady was able to do more with less in New England. Whether you want to say it's Brady or Belichick, they were able to do more with less in New England than Peyton Manning was able to do in Indianapolis with a wealth of talent. Yeah, yeah, this is true. This is true. But I'm still not tying him for first when it comes to Brady for the 20th. 
Like Aaron Rodgers, yeah. I put him in the top five, right? Yeah, he's definitely top five. For the 2010, he should not have been top for number one. You can't. I can't see it. Right. Right. Maybe top, I'll say top five, and that's being more than fair. Maybe top, I would give him even number number three, number four, because mm-hmm. that's still a decade. Peyton Manning still played until 2015, 16. Mm, yeah. Uh-huh. You, know I, you know, Aaron Rodgers is great, and he, and I do agree with you, uh, Pete, that he does he's done more with less, right? Mm-hmm. But. I feel that Brees has done more with less too. I think Brady's done more with less sometimes. The only year I feel like Brady didn't capitalize on the talent that he had to win that year was when he had Hernandez and Brock as on his team. You get what I'm saying? But my Giants, still, of course, spoiled that year for them. But I just feel like Aaron Rodgers, he still has a he's showing now that he still has a lot left in the tank. And mm-hmm. getting back to the original argument about um, Tom Brady, I definitely agree with what you're saying. You get what I'm saying? There was no preseason. Mm-hmm. He had to kind of create scrimmages. He had to create scrimmages with the team to kind of get that going. And, you know, it's informal. Everybody's kind of getting to know each other and this and the third. And I feel like they were looking scary the first quarter. Right. You get what I'm saying? And then they got figured out really easily, which was Tampa Bay's problem last year, the year before. You know what I'm saying? The year before, even with Jamie as Winston. But I feel like with Brady, he's going to show and prove this season. Do I think they're a Super Bowl contending team? No. Do I think they have what it takes to, to kind of like make a run? Hell yeah. Ten and six, yes. Eleven, even eleven and five. I, I would give them that. I would give I think, them. I think they stay healthy. and Brady becomes Brady, and he really builds a relationship with that team. I can honestly say, just looking at the schedule, just mm. at the schedule, I think they can get anywhere from ten wins to twelve wins, depending on how they play some of those rematches and yeah. how they play some of those teams. Um, I think they're anywhere between ten and six and twelve and four. And honestly, if I'm looking at the last four games of their schedule, it's Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit, Atlanta. Right? If you go four and zero oh in the last four games of the season, and you're Tom Brady going into the playoffs. I think they are a dangerous team to watch if they're building that momentum. I just think I think getting Tom Brady into the playoffs is just dangerous enough. Yep. So if if teams aren't doing enough that they can to 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 kind of rattle the Buccaneers, yeah. If Tom Brady gets to the you're playoffs, not it's, Brady. you're yeah. not him. you're not yeah you're not rattling Brady. It's just the rest of the team. Right, because it's the rest of the team that that you're thinking about. Because as you saw in the beginning of the, of the game, and one of the interceptions that he threw was kind of to Mike Evans, and Mike Evans was kind of pulling uh, Odell in the middle of the game last game, and just being all over the place. And it's just, I think that relationship between your number one, your quarterback, and your number one receiver has to be on point. Or they're not going to go anywhere because you know you could throw the ball to Gronk all you want. They start double teaming Gronk, and your number one guy is doing whatever he's doing. You're going to be stuck. 
But you know, there's another one that mm-hmm. he warms up as the season progresses. Right. You get what I'm saying? Because there were times where they were looking like they were really ready to collapse. Right. I think it was the game with Kansas City the year before last, the AFC Championship game. Uh-huh. Right. Right. He won them that game. Yep. Maybe Gronk maybe needs uh, needs Vince McMahon to show him how to play tight end. Wow. <laughs> that um, was funny. That was funny. Well, but we got I didn't even get my opinion on it on him. But um All right, because we have to move forward. I agree with Pete. I think they'll go like ten to six again. It's more or less on um, they're still learning on the fly, which is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, everybody had, like, a condensed training camp, so it's not no training camp at all. So, I mean, they just got to build that chemistry. They got to build that bond. I think they'll get they'll get what they need to get out of these next couple games. They'll get that momentum, and they'll build a little bit of a streak, but then they still got to run into Kansas City, and they're going to have to run into New Orleans. So, it's like – Again, you're going to go against well-established teams. You're probably not going to do that well. But I think they'll go 10 and 6. I'm not going to judge them based on the first game. So. Cool. Just, just a few um, quick hot takes. Out of the games you see this week, uh, of course, we're going to mention our Giants and Bears. The, you, know, um, you know, the, the Giants should be ashamed of themselves. They allow Roethlisberger coming off of injury. Mm-hmm. To outrush Saquon Barkley? Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Time out. Put some respect. Put some respect on Ben Roethlisberger's name. Thank you. Secondly, I'm not he's, on, he's, he's, he's actually he's actually on my fantasy team. He's actually on my fantasy team too. This is where this is where I'm never gonna be allowed. It's supposed to be like number two on fantasy football rankings. Right, he was like number two. Right, I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna hit you with the only man who can make this point. Right? Should earn it, earn it, earn it, earn it. Hold on, earn it, earn it. Hold on, earn it, earn it. Hold up, earn it. Hold up, hold up. Ben Roethlisberger, earn it, earn it. Ben Roethlisberger, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal. No. Um, and here's where Tavia is going to make sure I never get on this show again I have said this for years I have said this for years in private conversations I have said this for, for as long as I can remember since the day they were drafted Ben Roethlisberger should have been the Giants quarterback instead of Eli Manning Hang up with this damn phone. Roethlisberger <laughs> 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 couldn't have done what Eli did to. to You're right. Him. He could have done better. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let me. <laughs> let me. I have no comment on that. Yeah. I have no comment. He on did. Hold on, that Eli. I'm not going to take this Eli disrespect. Right. <laughs> Eli's the third best man behind Cooper. Could not do in the playoffs, okay? And our Giants is a mediocre ass team. First off, first off, Eli, Eli did not. Eli, listen, if it wasn't for my man's from my alma mater who made one great play in his entire career, David Tyree, Eli does not get that first Super Bowl, okay? Because Eli overthrew his wide receiver on a straight over the middle of the field deep pass. How you overthrow your wide receiver five feet above his head where he got to jump to the tip top of his, of his hop, take that ball and attach it to his helmet. 
Eli Manning overthrew a wide open receiver on a crossing route across the middle of the field, and your fourth best what? wide receiver had to save you. But guess what? Guess what? Yeah, won. We won. <laughs> right. I get guess that. what Ben did. Guess what Big Ben did do against Tom Brady several times. You're right. You're right, but let me, but first of all, we're gonna put some respect on Ben's name, and secondly, we're gonna put some respect on Steelers. Never outran Saquon Barkley. They, they, well, listen, the Steelers D. Put some, let's put some respect on Mike Tomlin's name on Thursday, and as depleted as they look, because I think James Conner got injured too. Blame that on Garrett. As as. Blame it on him. Don't blame it on him. Blame, blame it on him. That's an offensive coordinator. I will say this, right? You got this cowboy, cowboy's ass, ass coach on our team. Jared don't got nothing to do with the defense. When it I'm comes saying, to Pittsburgh, I'm talking about the offense. No, I'm talking about Big Ben not have had the chance to rush more yards than what's supposedly one of the best RBs in the game. But let's okay, and I and I give you that right from from mm-hmm. a from an analytical sense, right? Your number one running back should not be outrun by the quarterback on the opposing team, and I agree with you. But an aging we, quarterback, too. what we need to do is start well, putting like some respect. <laughs> what we need to start doing is putting some respect on Mike Tomlin's name. Let me tell you something. Mike Tomlin don't get no respect as the coach of Pittsburgh Steelers. I I grew up watching Bill Cowher. I thought Bill Cowher was one of the greatest coaches in the NFL. But Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin has done some great things with that Pittsburgh Steelers team. And that defense, even when they got no names on that defense, there's no Palomalus on that defense. There's no names on that Steelers defense. They are out Mm -hmm. there still playing Steeler defense. And that's what you call a team culture always coming through. You damn well know if you are a defensive player going to the Pittsburgh Steelers, you mm-hmm. play deep. Right? True. And, and, so, and so the Steelers defense mm-hmm. is what shut down Saquon. That's what happened. Well, as much as I would love to stay on football, I just want to get a quick uh, a few rapid-fire games and you guys just tell me who's going to win. Uh, we're going to start with Matt, go to Tavia, then go to, uh, go to Peter to end it. So if, I'm going to name five games out the schedule, right? Giants Bears, Matt. Bears, no Giants. Giants, Giants, Giants. Come on, go with Giants. T. Bears. Damn, Peter. Giants. The Bears are who we thought they were. Yeah. All right, Falcons, Cowboys. Give me the Cowboys. I give it to. I don't think they're gonna shit the bed this time. Go ahead. Go ahead, T. Cowboys. Pete. Uh, I think that's a toss-up game, really. But I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it to the Falcons. I think they're gonna come back after that showing from last week. Okay. The Seahawks, Seahawks, pa- last week? Seahawks, Patriots. Ooh, Seahawks. Patriots. What? Seahawks. Russell Wilson all day, baby. Russell Wilson didn't look that good for Week One to me at all. Talking about that damn defense. I don't think right. they were ready for that defense. I love, uh, I love Russell Wilson. Don't get me wrong. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks. I think he's a better, better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Panthers, Bucks. Bucks. Uh, Bucks. I think this is going to be a close game, but I think Tom Brady and the Bucks pull it out in the end. Okay, and 
The last one, Eagles Rams. Ooh, shit. Damn. Um, shit. Rams. Sorry, going with Rams, and I like the Eagles. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go against the grain here. I think the Eagles are going to win, but I think Aaron Donald is gonna have a field day against that off uh, that against that offensive line. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Burrow about to get sacked a, th- a dozen more times. For sure, a dozen more times for sure. So, on to the NBA, guys. Let's talk about it. We're we're gonna get into the conference finals. Um. But let's get to something we were talking about before. Um, Tavia said it, and it made sense, and then it started popping up like wildfire on um, on Facebook. Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers, right? Kawhi Leonard has been called the best player in the NBA for the past two years, right? So with that being said, with being the best player in the NBA the past two years, why aren't we keeping the same energy with him as we keep with LeBron? Um, because zero points in a f- in a fourth quarter of a closeout game. Come on, right? Um, fourteen points overall in a closeout game. Um, Paul, we we can talk all day about um, pandemic P, and and we'd be here just to talk about how bad he's been. But before but, we do that, can we just but, touch on the we, fact that he is not as good as everybody make him out to be? Who we know. Paul George. Fucking Paul George. Oh, that my is just, God. Right. Nah, we changed God, his name. He Roy Hibbert 2.0. Yeah, he, he, de- he dads Roy Hibbert, the, the, the Clippers, for sure. Overrated. <laughs> Overrated. Right. So, Ten points in a closeout game. You know, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. everybody was talking real big. Clippers gonna take the championship. This is the Clippers. Yeah, you were. Yes, you were. And it's time for repeats. You get what I'm saying? And Paul George, he needs to be shot. Oh no, <laughs> no, 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 no. We told we 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 only speak about that about James Dolan on here. We don't do that about anybody, actual NBA players. I ahead, feel T. that Paul George has been overrated since his days in the year. Yeah, it was Danny Granger thing, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like Kawhi Leonard. What upsets me about it is Kawhi because the spotlight is always on LeBron. People like Kawhi, players like Kawhi could kind of skate under notice. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When, they, when they make really big errors. And I feel as if if he is the best player in the league, mm-hmm. there is no way in hell you lose that game that way. And you're quiet. Mm-hmm. See, here's my issue with this. And and you know Dre Dre sent me some 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 talking points earlier in the week. He was like, yo, Pete, here's some things we might be talking about this week just to kind of prep you, right? And I, and I saw this on the list, and I sat down for the last three days, and I've really been thinking about this. First mm-hmm. of all, outside of whatever Max Kellerman be smoking, yeah. there ain't nobody in the world that is a real basketball person who should legitimately be thinking Kawhi Leonard equals best player in the league. Okay. There's a whole bunch of 2K lovers 
who thinks Kawhi <laughs> Leonard is the best player in the league. There's a whole bunch of basketball fans who only watch the games and think Kawhi Leonard. And here's why Kawhi got that idea. Hey, Kawhi was what? A third option in San Antonio? Okay. Okay, because you can legitimately say they probably give Kawhi the ball before they give Ginobili the ball, but you can honestly say the top three players in San Antonio during Kawhi's years are Duncan, Parker, Ginobili. Straight. Yeah, but, you know, it wasn't even Ginobili, it was green. At that point, their their production was waning at that point. It was. Kawhi was a Kawhi was a great option. option. Now, not that time. No, 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 no. Let's let's be real here, right? He looked phenomenal on that court during the San Antonio time. Well, I, mean, I think I think you could put anybody in that position with a good offensive skill, and I think what made Kawhi's game was his defensibility. Listen, Kawhi, if you tell me if you want to sit here and say Kawhi Leonard, one of the top five defensive players in the league, I will say yes. Right? Yeah. I will say yes. But if you want to sit here and tell me Kawhi Leonard, top player in the league, top five players all all around in the league, I'm going to argue with you all day. And here's why. He goes to Toronto. He gets traded to Toronto. I'm ready for this argument. And wins the chip. Right? Wins the chip. And people all of a sudden become uh, uh, enamored on this idea of, oh, Kawhi Leonard did what Dwayne Casey and DeMar DeRozan couldn't do. He won a chip in one year. And he got all this praise heaped on him as if he was better than what he was. And let me just be very, very clear. Kawhi Leonard does not win the chip unless that one in a million shot does not go in. Okay. If I put Kawhi back in that position a hundred more times, I don't think he made that shot a hundred more times, right? And so that was a bit of luck getting him to where he was. Now he goes to L.A. and he gets put in this position with, uh, with, 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 with Paul George and that whole team, right? The reason why I don't think he gets the heat, Dre, is because I think real basketball people, yeah, they're going to they slice him. For the production. They're going to slice him for not coming through. But two reasons. One, Kawhi is a quiet individual. Kawhi doesn't do a lot of talking. Kawhi isn't big and boisterous and in your face. Kawhi doesn't guarantee anything. He doesn't say this is what he's going to do. So in a way, he kind of shields himself from it, right? But I think Mm -hmm. in a bigger picture, I don't think there are any real basketball people that legitimately thought Kawhi was the best player in the league and, you know, that automatically him going to L.A. meant that he was guaranteed the chip. On LeBron's case, though, from day one, the man was considered the king. He is the Jordan of this era, right? If we're thinking of this era of basketball, he is the Jordan figure. Um, And I think a lot of the heat that LeBron gets, he brings on himself. I think if LeBron does not leave Cleveland the, the second time to go to L.A., and he stays in Cleveland. He could have lost every year. And they'd have been like, okay, it's the aging LeBron. He's doing it for his hometown team. He's putting that team in a position. If he would have stayed and brought Anthony Davis to Cleveland, they would have thought, okay, he's building that team for the generations after him. But it almost seems to me like LeBron does not get out of his own way. He goes to L.A. And I think there's a lot of people who looked at it as he's still chasing a legacy. He's still chasing a name. Like, he doesn't feel like he's done enough, right? And, and, and so I think that brings it to LeBron a little bit more. And the fact that people are like, you're still chasing something. And so because you got to feel like you got to go to L.A. and get with A.D. 
and put together this team around you, what are you trying to do? You're doing it for what? To get another title? To get more of a legacy? To solidify your name? Right? And so people are always going to pile on LeBron because it always seems like he's chasing a legacy that he's never going to catch. Um, All right. I hear that. That's a little cool. Yeah. M- Matt, yeah, your thoughts on um, Kawhi. That's all cool, but when we're talking about the not garnering, you talking to me? Yes. Hello? All right. Kawhi gets all this att- He's not getting the attention that LeBron garners, and I told Tavia this last week more so, is because Kawhi didn't go into the league saying that, declaring that he was this 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 threat. I'm not saying that LeBron did, but it was put upon him. And his fans pretty much made it uh, – he made it, he made it an issue where it was like he's chasing Jordan to the point that he started literally chasing rings so he got garnered into that same boat. That's not, that's wrong. not wrong. Why else wrong. would you join two other – Let me tell you why it's wrong. And declare, I'm going to win three, four, five, six. You declared that. You declared that. It came from your mouth. So it's not wrong. So you know why he, you know why he did that? Did you see what the fans of Cleveland he, were doing when he was on the flight? He, he did it. He did it. I don't care what he what they were it, doing. It, it, you had these people okay, burning his jersey, and he had him being the Sagittarius. Don't make you say I'm going with four, five, six rings. Oh well, oh well. You declared that you what Pete said was that he feel like he got to chase something because people keep comparing him. To other people, people keep comparing him to Jordan. He's not comparing himself to Jordan. People keep comparing him to Jordan. It's not because of his fans. It's because of his detractors. You get what I'm saying? The thing is, why have many detractors if his fans wasn't so damn important? That's just what it is. You is no that was the biggest choke job in history. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it's not. Nobody's saying that it's not. Doing the layup in Game Seven of the 1995 um, Second Round Series with the that was worse. What Kawhi did was worse. Just because he didn't talk, just because he didn't talk a big game, LeBron didn't. LeBron he was, was never, quiet. He's not LeBron in everybody's face. He's not on everybody commercials. And none of that. Like LeBron is. LeBron was never arrogant like a Jordan was. He was never arrogant like a Paul Pierce was. He was not arrogant like a Kobe was. You get what I'm saying? He's on the floor playing. LeBron didn't have that arrogance. One thing you don't You never put LeBron and arrogant in the same sentence. When he's on the floor, he's domineering. You know he's there. Okay, he's letting you literally People need to keep the same energy. And that's and and that's what it all boils down to. Look, you're right. You're right that people need to keep the same energy. Yelling, we are keeping the same energy. Let me get to the no, point where not. I can tell you, Kawacho, we are. Yes, I am getting it. I am keeping the same energy because you ain't never ever heard me say Kawacho, the best player. You was the main one, one saying that the was the main one saying that the Clippers were going to the Clippers. You was no one else. The Clippers as a team, the, as I said, the Clippers as a team. You said LeBron so didn't Dre. want to see Kawhi. So Dre. 
Who so said Dre, that? When I said the Clippers are going to win, did I say it's because Kawhi or did I say it's because of that defense is full of dogs? Did I not say that? You will never hear me say, oh, because of Kawhi. Kawhi only won the ring last year because goddamn KD and Clay got hurt. So let, let's, let's, let's go there. I've never said, oh, because Kawhi's there. That you can't the best player in the league. At the end of the day, we, we can't say, oh, because of this. The, the fact remains that he won the championship, right? The fact remains that he won the MVP for that championship in, in San Antonio. Okay. So we can think about this or this or this. Or this. But let's go. Let's, yeah, let's go with facts, right? I am going with facts. Let's go with facts. If The fact is, if it was LeBron who choked, LeBron never lost a 3 and 0 series. Never. No, but he's but he, he but he lose but, a three and one series. He's choking. Never, never, went, up, never went up three and one and lost. Kobe's done it. Paul is the Chris Paul has done it. Kawhi so, has what, Clay and Clay and what's the face? Steph Curry. Goes goes back to, but this goes back to the why everybody gets at LeBron and everybody makes it and try to make and boost his status. Like why? Like what are you talking about? Well, the pro- oh, well, problem is Well, the problem is they should have never reason- been in the same sentence, Tavia. They should have never been in the same sentence. And I and right. I feel like that, that was that was a construction by fans, by the media to make Kawhi into something that he wasn't. Kawhi, I don't believe. Listen, I'm not saying that Kawhi should not get the same energy. Yes, Kawhi and the Clippers choked away a 3-1 lead. You yes, they know why did. They, you want to know why they get put in the same breath right now? They get put in the same breath right now because LeBron wanted Kawhi to come to the Lakers. And he said, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go to the Clippers in the same arena as you, and I'm going to go up against you, and I'm going to beat you. He did that. They've Why been first of all, they've been compared. Let, let's 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 be real here. Stop it. They've they were not comparing the two. Not, not Stop, now. They've been comparing the two. So the whisper. So the it was better than LeBron since his days at San Antonio. The let's whisper. The whisper oh, started as soon. The whisper. LeBron down. That well, theory. that that's LeBron well that's where the whisper started about um Kawhi potentially being. Better than LeBron. That's when the whispers started. But realistically, we all know, everybody on this podcast knows who the better player is, who's going to go down as one of the best, if not the best player of all time in, in general. Now, in terms of people comparing and contrasting, again, the, com- the comparing and contrasting started when Bro was in high school. When, when they were calling him the chosen one in high school. Before exactly. he even got to the league, so it, it, I did the fans exactly. amplify. It? Did the fans amplify it? Yes. Did the media amplify it? Hell yes. Because again, everybody, it's not just people, you know, looking at LeBron and saying this. Everybody's looking for the next Jordan. Nobody's looking for the next such and such player. Everybody's looking to compare everybody to Jordan, and because yeah, Jordan was- is. Jordan is the greatest of all, of all time. To who? So, he was money. He made more money for that. For the right, let's not get into this Jordan argument. No, 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 no. I'm not getting into the argument. I'm going, I'm, I'm speaking general statements. I'm not saying I believe Jordan is the greatest of all time. I'm I saying, do. look, yeah, it, everybody has their own opinion. I don't no. believe Jordan is the greatest of all time. You no. believe it. But, again, 
the the media has it out, and most the majority of basketball fans say Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. As the greatest of all time, people always want to compare you to the top, to the top of the food chain. So no matter how good you are, they were comparing James Harden to Michael to Michael Jordan this year because of his scoring. That's, That's what I'm talking about. Because they, they, they're just looking for somebody to compare him to. <laughs> Why? Who knows? Everybody's searching for that Jordan and not looking in front of you to see that we have some of the greatest NBA players ever playing in this generation. I think part of it is part of it is they want to they want to compare to something that people hold in a in a, in a state of reverence, right? So right. we look at okay, you know, when Embiid came into the league, they were talking about he's the next great big man, he could be the mm-hmm. next this, he could be the next that. When when Carl Anthony Towns came into the league, they're like, oh my God, he's like the best of Barkley and the best of Garnett and this and this and this. And and the reason is is because it allows for fans to connect mm-hmm. with that younger player by connecting to an older player. The problem with that becomes when they don't do that, right? When Carl Anthony Towns isn't the next Kevin Garnett, when Joel Embiid is not the next this, that, and the third, when Kawhi Leonard is not the next this. And, and you know, when I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the comparisons for, the, you know, the, the Jamal Murrays. And, and, they already and, and did. They compared them away. Kawhi Leonard was voted the AP's Athlete of the Year last year. Okay, this man's a two-time <laughs> Finals MVP, right? Two-time NBA champion. So just because he's quiet and timid, right, doesn't mean that he doesn't deserve the smoke. For Nobody's shooting. saying he doesn't deserve the smoke. Right? Though. Why can't I ever finish a point? Like, why can't I ever finish saying what I'm saying? You say he, you you saying that he doesn't. You don't even like know you. where I was going with this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nah, fuck it. I'm done. Go ahead. Y'all keep it. Next. Next. All right. So, the conference finals, right? We have the um the Celtics and the Heat, and we have the Lakers in Denver. We saw both game ones and actually game two of the Miami and Boston series, which um. Game one, we'll talk about the Lakers and Denver series first. Well, game one going with how it went. Peter, how how do what did you see from the Lakers that you haven't seen in the past two series? Well, I saw I saw a, a level of toughness that came out of them, and obviously their uses of Dwight Howard in this series in game one is going to be, uh, and in this entire series is going to be different from the last series because uh, Houston's lineup rendered Dwight Howard basically unusable in that series. Um, you know, he's going to be called upon him, and um, why am I forgetting old boy's name? Javel. Uh, yeah, and McGee, there we go. JaVale McGee are going to be called upon a lot to guard mm-hmm. uh, Nikola Jokic, who I think it, him and Murray are really the two are that are going to define this series, right? If they, you, The reason why I think they lose yesterday is two reasons. One, Lakers had a lot of rest, right? Uh, Denver's coming off, you know, two straight having to win four straight games in the series, three straight games in the series, you know, so they got a lot riding on them. They got a lot of momentum, but they're tired. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're getting as much rest. Lakers got a chance to rest up and get ready. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 obviously Jokic and Millsap and, and Murray getting into into foul trouble. I think game two is gonna have to be them figuring out how do we not 
get into foul trouble and realizing how to attack the basket uh, and move Anthony Davis away from the basket, keep Jokic in the games, keep him effective. I think, honestly, in my opinion, Jokic is in the running to be one of the top five game-changing players in this league soon <clears throat> if he can really round out some parts of his game. because I don't think there's a, a damn thing Nikola Jokic cannot do on the court. Um, but we're going to need to see from the Lakers is can they sustain this? Because we've already seen Denver come back from 3-1 against two different teams. I'm not saying it's going to be possible a third time. But I also don't think – and here's where this kind of ties into the other argument with Kawhi. Mm-hmm. The LeBron-Jordan argument also, to me, has this one thing. I don't think there was ever a team or a player that went into a playoff series against Jordan and wasn't scared. Sure. I don't think that I don't think players are as afraid of LeBron James in the playoffs as they ever were of Jordan in the playoffs. And I think that's going to be very key. Can LeBron James make Denver afraid of him and Anthony Davis to win this series? T, your thoughts on the, on that series? I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be way more competitive than people think it's going to be. Um mm-hmm. I think that Denver, they remind me of the Titans' last uh, Super Bowl run. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're kind uh-huh. of an undercover, dangerous team. Um, nobody would have thought that they would have gotten this far. Mm-hmm. And um, I do think that them taking out the clip has made it easier for the Lakers to kind of go into the finals. So, so. Yeah. Matt, your thoughts on the, the Clippers' Nugget series? You mean the club? You mean the Lakers and the Nuggets? Nugget, Lakers, Nuggets. Sorry, the damn Los Angeles teams. Lakers, Nuggets. <laughs> uh, well, I'm honestly uh, two back-to-back series where they they fought from behind to, to go to Game Seven. That that does wear on your body, and to go against this Lakers team where you got practically three big seven-foot dudes that can take you that can dominate you down low is going to wear on Joker. So, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, game one, like uh, Pete said, foul trouble is a, is a thing, and they're all not great free throw shooting, but they're pretty pretty good, and that's pretty much been their game. They'll get you in foul trouble. That's how they took care of the Trailblazers, and that's practically how they got rid of um, Houston. No free throws. Mm-hmm. So and they know how to make you turn over the ball. So um the Nuggets, they're gonna have to play from behind with this series. Why? Because they're they're gassing the fuck out. Again, two two back to back come from behind seven game series is gonna wear on you. So um they are there for an uphill battle, but like Tay said, they're not they're not gonna go away quietly. They're not gonna go away quietly. Yeah, I think with the Nuggets basically playing every other day since the playoffs have started um, and the Lakers finishing out their series early, yeah, it comes to a battle of rest. And what I said at the beginning of the series and when I when I found out they were playing the Nuggets is the Lakers get to truly play how they're supposed to play with all of their bigs. Yeah. The prop. The reason why the Lakers were having a little bit of issues with the Rockets in Game One is that you have three of the best defensive bigs in the league on on one team, 
and you can't play them because the Rockets' biggest player is six seven playing center at PJ Tucker. Dwight Howard and JaVel McGee is not going to chase around. Uh, um, what's his name? PJ Tucker, especially at the three point line, right? Yeah. They're not fast enough to get back to the boards and rebound, which is why the Rockets were out rebounding them some games. So they had to adjust. Now you have AD running running the four to five. You have Morris running the four to five, and you you know you stop that small ball. Now with Denver being the biggest team that they have to play against, like they played um, Portland when they had their bigs, you can use your complete team. You can use your complete bigs and give Anthony Davis that rest. Give LeBron that rest because Rondo is here. You can have, and now you can play so many different lineups where the Lakers can just thrive and, and, and just be the great team that they are when they're on one. Like I said, I called them L- the Los Angeles Cavs from time to time because the team is essentially built like the Cavaliers. But at the end of the day, I don't think Denver Denver is going to have enough to beat them. They're not going to have enough to beat them, and they're not going to the, the Lakers and LeBron James especially is not going to let a team come back from 3-0 or 3-1 to beat them. So definitely think Lakers in five because I think – um, Denver takes one, but probably take the next game. I yeah. say Lakers in six. I give, I'll give, I'll give Denver two games. Um, I think they, I think they win one on ability and one on sneakiness. Because mm-hmm. um, I think there's going to be a game that you know I, LeBron's going to have an off night. I think AD might have an off night. They might get into foul trouble. So mm-hmm. I, I give the Nuggets two games. I think this goes six. Uh, but I and I feel bad because. My sentimental pick is I want to see the Nuggets in the finals mm-hmm. after what they've done those first two rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want the entertainment value. You want a good story. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the funny thing about this Lakers team is LeBron doesn't even have to have to have big games for them to come up big and win. Like, it all really falls on Anthony Davis being a monster. And he has mm-hmm. to be a monster. Playoff Rondo got to continue to be playoff Rondo. Uh <laughs> Caldwell Pope has to knock down shots. Uh, Cool's got to step up some more. So, I mean, like, LeBron doesn't have to play like the LeBron that we know because he has help. His help Mm -hmm. just got to show the fuck up. That's just usually what it is. Them bigs got to be big. Yeah. T, um, what do you think this series is going to go? You think they sweep or what's the the verdict of the series? Okay. Cool, five, five. So we all five or six games. We're, we're all, yeah, we're all going with that. Yeah, now, I don't care if it goes any, any further than five or six, six <laughs> Now, <laughs> my my favorite series. Woo! Listen, you you've guys. been paying it. Everybody's been paying attention to my post, right? I hate you guys. And again, I'm gonna say it again. It was the title of episode twenty nine. James G. Buckets, and you know what the G stands for, does not play with people's kids, and Boston Celtics is looking like a daycare center right now. Like, how do you come back? How do you let a team twice come back from 14-point deficit and a 17-point deficit? Yeah. How? 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 
are these the Celtics that you said, Matt, was going to beat <laughs> beat Miami? <laughs> All right, I'm wrong. Y'all got <laughs> you. You, Tanya Wilkins, got me. And and I was like, I'm because I watched the game a little bit, and I was like, I was in and out of consciousness. But I started, we started, what, going into halftime. It was up like 17. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up, and the fucking Heat went on a 37-17 run and just <laughs> never looked the fuck back. And I'm just sitting here like, where the fuck is Jason Tatum? Kimball Walker's looking like a whole bitch. Like, it's look, it was just the only one that was showing up was Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, which I told you I was like the dogs of that of, of, of that squad. The mm-hmm. fucking center, I forgot his name. His name fucking slipped to my mind. But he was looking like a whole bitch. He went up for a layup, and Adebayo <sighs> said, not today, motherfucker. That's pretty much what Adebayo said. He don't talk too much. He said, not today, motherfucker. <laughs> they looking like whole bitches, man. It's getting tight. I heard there was a whole big skirmish in the goddamn locker room after the game. It's well deserved because mm-hmm. they played like they played like Miami got their heart, and, it, and it's bad. It's really, really bad. It, it, it's shit because they played like how I figured they would play <laughs> in the first half, but then they just man, mm. nightmare on Elm Street. I gotta bring them back because the only person who could explain this, right? Earn it, earn it, earn it. Boston Celtics, earn it. Earn it. Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, uh, earn it. Udonis Haslam. And, and that's really what it's all it hinges on. Mm-hmm. Don, the Miami Heat got an assistant coach on that bench who's a player. Udonis Haslam is putting some of that, you know, some of that dog energy into Miami. And I love Udonis Haslam as a player, right? Yeah. Like that man, that man to me deserves you know, a gym in Miami named after him. Um, I think the problem with the Celtics is they're a soft team, right? They are a soft team. They don't know how to play rugged, tough, down. Like, if you brought the Boston Celtics to Rucker Park, they would get whooped out the park, right? Because they don't know what it is to play that hard-nosed basketball. And again, I grew up with a lot of hard-nosed defensive teams that I watched in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. And and the Celtics are a very soft, very, very refined team. You know, listen, Bird, McHale, and all of them are looking at these Celtics like, who are you wearing our uniforms? Mm-hmm. Right? Because you're not – Bird, McHale, all of that. Yo, it's Antoine Walker would have punched somebody already. Antoine Walker would have punched somebody and then jumped off the ground that much to make a three. Right? And Paul Pierce sat in a wheelchair with his stomach hurt. Right? And came back and dropped 20. I don't want to hear that. You know what I mean? A lot of this is Miami's got uh, Miami's oh, got a lot shit. of grit. They got a lot of heart. <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy G, uh, you know J- J- Jimmy Butler is a lot like that. The, the old dude who sits on the block, who you think can't play, then comes around and carves you up a new one, <laughs> right? All out. And and in in my opinion, if Miami wins the NBA Finals, I'm gonna say this right now: Bam Abadeo needs to be the Finals MVP. Shoot. Um, I'll get to my point. T, what do you think about the series so far? 
that about I think it's a really good series. I mean, mm-hmm. I do feel like Boston's gonna correct a course a bit. Um, do I see it being Miami LA? Yes, and I and I called Miami LA very early in our podcast too. I called Miami from the beginning of the season. The people yeah. thought I was tripping. Yeah. <laughs> like, I called, like, I called I Miami. About what I, called. Miami. Yeah, I knew Miami. We forget that Celestia is a a fucking NBA championship winning coach. Mm-hmm. And I feel that if you want to talk about somebody has something to prove, Jimmy Butler has a lot to prove. Yeah, yeah coming out of Chicago, you know, they a lot of people starting to say that he was a bust. Yep. And he's playing like he's playing like he got that chip on the shoulder. He definitely yeah, he's does. Playing like he remember everything LeBron did to him when he was in that Chicago Bulls uniform. That's what he's playing like. That's what he's playing. And, I mean, look at that team, though. You got Butler, you got Crowder, you got Bam, you got Gordon Dragic. Duncan Robinson is a sharpshooter. That boy, when he comes up from behind the three point line, just just move, just go go back down the court. That's it. It's a three. You got mm-hmm. a lot of people forget they got they got Tyler. They got Iggy's on the bench, mm-hmm. right? They got a Finals MVP on the bench, and they got a former Celtics player, Kelly Olynyk, right? And I think somebody in the uh, somebody Crowder. mentioned it on Jay one of Crowder the too. Yeah, you know, so they got they got a couple of former Celtics on that team, you know, but they got they got a really rugged team. And think about it, Goran Dragic before he came to Miami was considered a number one option on his team, right? Yes, Jimmy Butler was a number one option on his team. Jay yep. Crowder's coming into himself and finally coming into a well-rounded player. And Bam got energy for days. This right. team, I don't think, I don't think they beat the Celtics unless the Celtics go sicko mode in the last next couple of games. Uh, apparently, reports are Gordon Haywood supposed to come back for Game Three. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that helps or hurts them. I only want them. Yeah, yeah, I heard him. You know, I think. And let's not – you brought up Goran Dragic before before we get to the next topic. Goran Dragic has been playing out his mind since coming back into the starting lineup. He had 25 points the last game. He had 29 the first game. Who is holding this man? Apparently nobody. <laughs> Apparently nobody. Let me let me ask you a question. Though. Here's a funny little question. Uh-huh. If it's Miami and L.A. in the finals – Right. Talk about the irony if Miami denies LeBron a championship. <laughs> That's oh. like Pat Riley saying. That's oh. like Pat Riley saying, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. You put the rings on the table next time we see you. Yeah, I, got, yeah. I took this one from LeBron. <laughs> I think uh I think that's a that's a six, seven game series too. Yeah. If, if that if that happens, that's a six or seven games series. Yeah, but do but not. The Lakers are more aggressive than the Celtics, man. The Celtics are really soft, man. Like I was really taken aback by how soft they really are playing over the past couple of, I would say, series. Series is yeah. <laughs> and it makes you wonder why the Raptors couldn't beat them because I think the Raptors are a stronger team than them. Um, so it makes you, it makes you wonder how the Raptors couldn't beat them in that in that series. Um, but mm-hmm. I think if it is Miami and LA in the finals, it's going to be a very interesting matchup because I think it's going to be it's going to be fun to see Bam versus AD. Mm-hmm. It's going it's going to be fun to see Jimmy Butler versus LeBron. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Rajon Rondo can hold Drogic. I think he's going to be Drogic going off again. 
right? Um, it's going to be a question of can Kuzma outshoot someone like Duncan Robinson? And then again, <laughs> you got no. you, you got some Warriors on that bench. Imagine if Iguodala comes off that bench against against the Lakers. He knows LeBron like a, like a book, right? Imagine mm. if guys like Udonis Haslam get some minutes. Like, do you really want a forty year old Udonis Haslam putting an elbow on you? <laughs> and then, you, like you said, you have players on the team that have can not. Let's be realistic. Nobody's guarding LeBron. Nobody's shutting down LeBron. The thing is, y- your point is to slow him down. And even, <laughs> yep. And even the Finals MVP that that Iguodala get, LeBron still averaged a triple double in in that Finals. He did. So, how much slowing down of LeBron can are you going to do? You don't. With- you don't. It's the Jordan rules. It's the, it's the Jordan rules. It's it's yeah. well, it's a new variation of the Jordan. Rules. Let LeBron go nuts. Let LeBron go now. My my MB when my basketball coach used to say this all the time when we played ball. I played I played point guard, you know, back in the day. My, my my basketball coach used to say the same thing. Let their star player go go off. He can't mm-hmm. beat you by himself, right? So let LeBron go off. Worry about shutting down AD. Worry about shutting around those shooters around him, and let mm-hmm. LeBron have to work his tail off. Because one thing we have seen is LeBron can get fatigued, right? Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Let LeBron go nuts. Don't try to really be defensively focused on him. Let's focus on taking Anthony Davis out of the game. Let's focus on taking Kuzma out the game. Let's focus on doing what we need to do offensively because LeBron is not going to score 100, 120 points by himself. Right. The others and the Lakers. Are you guys hearing reggae music in my background? No. All right, good. No, you having a party back there? <laughs> well, my neighbors, I don't understand what's going on. They might be cleaning their houses. Well, you know what you have to do. <laughs> you know what you got to do. <laughs> but uh, when we move on to our final topic, topic, that's topic, sorry, topic. Oh, yes. There's been a lot of chatter about people saying that um, Giannis didn't deserve the MVP. Yeah, let's, let's let's touch on that real quick, right? Yeah. Um, How do you guys feel about that? How do you, uh, Tay, t- I'm going to start with you. How do you feel about okay. it? So I know I've been kind of rough on Giannis. Uh-huh. All podcast long, right? Right. But let's not change the fact that a playoff appearance doesn't mm-hmm. negate what someone did all season. And yeah. I feel that Giannis is one of the most dominating uh, players of the season. Mm-hmm. And I and I do feel like he did deserve it over some of the other people that they were kind of putting on that 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 finalist list. If mm-hmm. I had to give a league MVP for this year, it would have been um, either Luka Doncic, Luka, or who else? I'm about to cry. Johnny, I'm about to cry. Luka, no problem. That boy. Whew. Yeah, uh, tell you love me, don't you? You love me. That, that, that's like, because you know, I've been saying that, and y'all all gave me shit when I said it. Because remember, y'all was like, uh, most approved. I'm like, nah, man, he should have been like at least in the running for MVP. I would say maybe best player yeah. playoffs. We we said that he should have been in the MVP category, not so much the most improved, but his numbers improved, but not I like how. I, I think he should have like been higher than what he was. 
I think he was high. Yeah. I think he was uh, – Doncic ended up fourth in MVP voting uh, behind mm-hmm. James Harden. I think he should have been above James Harden. Um, yeah, I think he should have been in third place. LeBron obviously comes in second to Giannis. To Giannis. But here's the thing. My problem with the MVP is always – it's very inconsistent on how it's voted on, right? Um, yes. Because MVP, are we talking MVP in a regular season? Are we including the playoffs? Because sometimes I've seen some guys get the MVP, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't think you really deserve the MVP. Um, you know, so – and and. Okay, time out. We're going to have a private conversation about that one because you're not going to disrespect my boy Steve Nash. But my thing. Uh, continue, continue, continue. Because we have. My thing, continue, my, continue. Yeah, my thing is this. I mean, John, Giannis, yes, best player of the regular season. Uh, and then I think with this year, it was a little weird. Like, are we going best player in the bubble? Are we going best player uh, for the season before the bubble? Are we con- Are we combining bubble and regular season? Like, what are we doing? Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with Giannis winning it this year um, because I think, again, take Giannis off the Bucks, and I think – I don't mm-hmm. know if it was Tavia or if it was Matt that made this point. Take LeBron off the Lakers. You still got AD, and if he goes nut, they are an effective team. If you take Giannis off of the, the Milwaukee Bucks – I think the Milwaukee Bucks are a radically different team than they are uh, with him on the floor. You could make the same case for Luka, uh, but I think Dallas is still pretty okay. You could take Harden off of the Rockets, and I actually think they're a better team without Harden. Um, you know, so do I give it to Giannis? You know, do I think Giannis deserved it? Yes, but yeah. I think going forward, there needs to be a more concrete system as to how we are voting on the MVP. Um, and honestly, when it comes to back-to-back MVPs like Giannis, there needs to be, I think, an extra layer of understanding of how do you, if you've won the MVP the previous year, how must you improve to once again be the MVP again? Because I honestly, I would not be opposed. And this might be a, ra- a really radical idea. I would not be opposed to the previous year's MVP being excluded from the next year's voting unless they have radically had a season radically different I agree. I from agree. the year before. Because I if, agree. if I take LeBron, for example. Tell me how LeBron James, if the MVP is the most valuable player of the season, tell me how uh, LeBron James isn't a 10-time year-after-year winner of the MVP. I said this before. I said this before, and I was called uh, – uh, what is a it? A bronze sexual. Regardless, I said this before, and the most valuable player to the team, and and if you look at the track record and the damage that has been done when LeBron leaves the team, Cleveland both times didn't make the didn't make the playoffs when LeBron left. hasn't hasn't made the playoffs since LeBron James was on the team. Um, right. Miami had two or three years outside of the playoffs without LeBron, and they had an uh, aging uh, Wade. Wade was hurt, and Bosh had that had that thing happen to him. Yo, yo, it's your boy, Big Baby, the Year Sports Show, and we had so much fun with Peter, and we went very long on time that we had to break the episode up in two. So, um, make sure you tune in to part two of this episode. 
it will be dropping on Wednesday. Yes, on Wednesday we'll be dropping. So make sure you tune in. It's your boy Big Baby and I'm out. Peace.